Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, the Lady of Tarth on Twitter. I'm joined with Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I'm at the Chickren on Twitter. And Kama. Hi, this is Kama, and you can find me at Oxford Splice on Twitter. Welcome all. We are reading a Game of Thrones, Danny Six. Um, just spoiler warnings. If you're a new listener, we spoil everything, and also trigger warning for um, general violence discussion and potential rape discussion. Um, so, see, we open this chapter, and uh, Danny is kind of like working Drogo over a bit, trying to convince him to, you know, head west and reclaim her throne. And he's really not into it. Instead, he just he wants to go hunting. And Danny decides that she's going to try it later. You know, maybe his mood will be improved um, if he's successful with his hunt. And uh, we have a super pregnant Danny. Uh, she decides to take a bath, get dressed, and then she summons Sir Jorah. She tells him that um, he needs to talk to Drogo into doing this whole, like, conquering Westeros thing. And he tells her, do not make your brother's mistakes. The Dothraki do things in their own time for their own reasons. And then, like, at this moment in the chapter, I'm, like, having a moment of, like, I don't get Danny. Why does she, like, want this? Like, why does she want to go to Westeros so bad? Seems like she has a pretty good setup here. And then it's... Yeah. That George and like the following paragraph kind of flips flops between yeah you're right she does kind of like have a good thing but then this so I don't know <laughs> yeah well it's a little weird because her whole life she's kind of wanted you know a place to belong and I understand that the the Dothraki obviously you know are nomadic and they travel a lot but like she definitely has a place in the Kalasar and it's a good place and she belongs there and she's respected and you know like taken care of it is it is a little interesting that she's she's kind of got a good thing going in a sense i mean obviously it's terrible and she's been raped several times and you know had 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 been thrust into this against her will but she's kind of made made it a a world for herself here and yet she's still thinking about westeros it is a little a little odd yeah i think i think most of it has to do with that's all she's been told by viserys for years now and I, I think she she can't get it out of her mind because I, I imagine the way he talked about it nonstop just for several years they've been on the run and all this and that I think she feels I mean it's a I think she has a sense of entitlement about it like that yes. it belongs to her and that's where she needs to be yes for sure like that pride and that entitlement and maybe like kind of living the life that her childhood where you know you're and i mean having an abusive brother you know you're meant to feel small put down but then you're told these stories of like who you really are and how glorious your life should be so she just can't let that go yeah and she doesn't know what westeros is at this point like she doesn't know what she would be going into um so i think that also plays a factor like because if she knew even the, the littlest bit about Westeros, I think she'd be like, no, I'm good. That was great. Yeah. I'll, I'll stay where I'm at. And she's like, what, 14 at this point? Yes. Maybe 15? Yes, I think so. I mean, I mean, she's uh, 
for her home means the house with the red door. But I mean, if she were older, there'd be like a logical, like, okay, you're, you're married to the call. You're pregnant with his child. You are never going back to that house. I mean, there's, there's a lot of emotion and a lot of not particularly clear thinking, but I mean, she's a teenager. I mean, that's not, you know, you, you make mistakes like that. You don't think things through. Yeah, it clearly, clearly Westeros has always kind of been like the promised land in a sense, I guess, for her. And so it it does make sense being raised that the way that she was, that she would think about it as a goal. But at the same time, there is kind of a sense of, you know, what what do you think you're going to get out of this? Yeah. And um, there's actually a question we have that kind of relates to this. Um, Cardinal Girl 75 on Discord um, asked, if Viserys hadn't gotten himself killed, how content would Daenerys have been to be called Drogo's wife and later, after his death, a member of the Dash Killeen? I don't think she would have been um, content at all. No, no. Not one bit. Especially without Drogo, I think at this point. Um, she would definitely not have been content to be stuck, you know, in Vase Dothrak as just a Doge Colleen. I doubt oh, God, it. No. That, I, I can't. Yeah, that's not, I don't even think that's, no, she'd hate that. I mean, most people would. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so Jorah and Danny, um, they decide to go to the market and Jorah thinks that they, uh, Jorah, you know, thinks that there may be a letter from Illyrio. Um, so, like, in the market, um, we learn that the traders are allowed to set up as long as they abide by the rules. And then Danny, it's kind of a lot of her just kind of enjoying the markets, the sights and the sounds. And she talks about how she enjoys the eastern markets, but the western ones smell the most like home. So, again, just her kind of pining for whatever this concept of home is. Danny's enjoying everything, and then um, Jorah parts ways with her and to seek out this letter. She thinks that it's a little odd, but figures Jorah might um, be going to a whore afterwards, so <laughs> that was a weird like thought, but anyway. <laughs> she spends her time uh, scarfing down sausages and doing some shopping, which sounds really awesome. My God, this. <laughs> okay, but we have to talk about how George managed to to cram in a bunch of talk about sausages here. Like, like <laughs> yes. Hey, it worked for me. Okay, like okay, I. I mean, it did make me want sausage. Yeah, but I was just like, Oh God, George. <laughs> did anyone else think of like she's at the mall basically? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> the gallery, right now yeah. she's at the food court and is is bummed that you know Sparrows doesn't have that pizza. I mean, I mean. <laughs> It's totally what this was. It's like a young girl at the mall having some food with her friends. <laughs> yeah, I miss it. <laughs> like, I love how Danny is noticing that Jorah's acting a little weird, but she obviously clearly does not and will not for a few books understand or know why. Um, but when, when do you think Jorah made the call? When did Jorah decide, you know, I'm going all in with Danny. Screw this. Screw this scheme to get back to Westeros. Hmm. I'm betraying her. Well, I don't know. was it was it when Viserys died? When was it? Was it when like oh. new, news of maybe he liked watching her eat sausage? I don't know. <laughs> he wasn't even there for the I think sausage. it started. I think it started before Viserys died. Because so. they were all, he was already kind of telling her, "Your brother is not who you think he is." Basically, um, True. or who he makes himself out to be. So I think it started a little then. I think after he died, it might have solidified it. 
Yeah, because he doesn't know Robert's dead here yet, right? Or does he? No. Yeah. Well, and because of the timelines, I don't think Robert is dead here, actually. Hmm. The timelines aren't aren't one-to-one. So the, the, the orders, oh, yeah. the chapters aren't in chronological order, necessarily. It's so when he fell in love with her. So, I mean, when could that have been? Ugh, gross. I know. Let's, put, <laughs> let's take our minds there, shall we? <laughs> and maybe when he saw her eating sausages. <laughs> I'll go with Common's first answer. He wasn't there for the Well, this might not have been the first time. Like, <laughs> He could have been like rounding the food court on his way to wherever he was going. And it's back. this moment. Right? Why do you want to take this from me? Take it. Take the sausage. Take Jora and the sausage moment. Okay, so this is when he's decided that he's not going to betray Danny. Okay, uh, she comes across a wine merchant, and upon learning, um, Upon learning who she is, the wine merchant offers her a gift of uh, a red wine, a cask of red wine. Danny accepts the gift and then asks if it be put on her litter. And then Sir Jorah returns and then says, no. He demands that the wine merchant open the cask and taste it himself. He refuses and Danny tells him to just do it or she will have them hold him down. And Sir Jorah will pour the whole cask down his throat. The wine cellar shrugs like he's gonna go for the cup and then he just like bolts it out of there um jogo stops him with his whip and the merchant captain apologizes to danny and gifts her all of the wine um you know he's basically saying like uh this is one of my own that's so shameful here just take everything he has you know smooth it over smooth it over and then I can't help but wonder, like, so the kid, they're given all this wine, but, like, whose job is it going to be to, like, taste test all this wine later? <laughs> yeah. A poison How would you gift. trust any of it at this point? Right? Yeah, and as a poisoner in this world, if that is one of the things you do, <laughs> why, one, do you not have antidote? Two, why have you not built yeah. up some kind of immunity by just drinking a little bit every now and again or something? Um, yeah. Because I, like, I have to believe this wasn't this guy's first time giving somebody poison wine. Um, I don't know. That, that's just weird to me for some reason. Well, Agreed. I mean, it's wine. People quite often want to taste the wine before deciding to, like, buy it. Like, I mean... Well, yeah, they even had thimble-sized cups for people to I mean, to I can just with, see, yeah, like, which is the potential poor. here for a lot of mix-up. Like, somebody puts the, you know, the mall back on the wrong shelf or whatever, and the next thing you know, you've got dead customers. I mean, it just seems very, <laughs> very risky. Hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, they return, like, after this is all over, um, they return, Danny returns, I don't know, where oh. her hammock or whatever i don't know her tent is set up and um danny asked jora how he knew that the wine was poisoned and he tells her you know that it was because of this letter he received from ilario um sure 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 jora sure that was meant for viserys and uh he tells her that king robert has offered lands and a title for their murders and this knowledge steals Danny. You know, she was really kind of shaken and fearful about this. But once she learns this, she just, you know, she asks Jorah to light a fire and then asks him to leave. And then she takes like the red and black dragon egg and p- places it in the fire. And it's like she get this like internal mo- uh, dialogue of hers where she's not even sure why she's doing this. It just feels instinctual to be putting the egg in the fire. So yeah. Like, 
it's a kind of anticlimactic for her though because like it doesn't do anything nothing happens but it's funny how when she she wants to protect herself and protect her baby the first thing she thinks is i gotta hatch these dragon eggs (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's an that's an admirable moment um like i know danny's kind of a character that we poo-poo on a bit but I kind of got her. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, if there's one thing Danny is, it's brave. She's very tough. She's very brave. Mm-hmm. So, uh, see, Drogo returns um, with his white lion. He was successful in his hunt, and uh, he's in a pretty good mood. Uh, it ends pretty abruptly, though, as soon as he learns of the assassination attempt. And uh, Sir Jorah tells him that, you know, this is only going to be the beginning, that this is not going to stop happening. And uh, Drogo tells Jorah to select any horse he wishes, you know, as a gift for, you know, protecting Danny. And then he says that he has another gift for his unborn. And then I just kind of selected a little bit here. To him, I will give the iron chair his mother's father sat in. I will give him seven kingdoms. I, Drogo, call will do this thing. His voice rose and he lifted his fist to the sky. I will take my Kalasar west to where the world ends and ride the wooden horses across the black salt water as no Cal has done before. I will kill the men in the iron suits and tear down their stone houses. I will rape their women, take their children as slaves and bring their broken gods back to Vastothrak to bow down beneath the mother of mountains. This I vow. I, Drogo son of Barobo, this I swear before the mother of mountains as the stars look down in witness. His Kalasar left vast Dothrak two days later, striking south and west across the plains. Keldrogo led them on his great red stallion, then Daener- with Daenerys beside him on her silver. The wine cellar hurried behind them, naked on foot, chained at throat and wrists. His chains were fastened to the halter of Danny's silver. As they rode, he ran after her, barefoot and stumbling. No harm would come to him, so long as he kept up. And that's, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. There are a lot of things going on. So first of all, let's talk about the fact that Robert quite literally... Um, almost brought doom down upon himself just by being such a fucking idiot. Like, if he right. hadn't done anything, if he hadn't tried to have her killed, then you never would have had Drogo even considering. No, he did <laughs> not give a shit he would have before been this. Drogo was going nowhere, because this is a complete 180 right. from where he was at three minutes ago at the beginning of the chapter. <laughs> he, like that, This just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, nothing motivates someone like threatening their loved ones. <laughs> like, yeah. I would go west after this. Fucking <laughs> Robert. And then, you know, and this is this is where, you know, I part ways with many Danny fans. It's just like she just sits there and listens to Drogo say that he's going to go literally demolish Westeros, that she, for some reason, wants to rule somewhere she wants to be. And, like, the stuff that he says he's going to do is um, pretty fucking brutal. And she doesn't think anything and of it. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Incredibly unnecessary. Yeah. Just like, this, oh my God. This is why I've never, I mean, after the first book, I've never really been able to get on her side. I mean, it was just sort of like the total lack of interest she has in learning about this land she wants to rule. I mean, it just sort of, it's never appealed to me. I mean, this is not someone you want to be your, your leader ever, you know? 
it's just immaturity though like uh, well yeah again she's i said she's a teenager yeah. and that's here too but i mean she has although i mean he is having like he's he's having this moment maybe she's just like you know she'll work on him later yeah or that too <laughs> Gee, i'm getting what i want right now we'll deal with the minutiae of the whole list later <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, I, I'm not saying I expected her to stand up to him at that moment and be like, no, no, we're going to rule fairly or anything like that. But it's just there's not there's not even a thought. She's not worried about what he's saying. <laughs> like, yeah. there's nothing, yeah, you know, not at all, nothing there to hold on to. And this is why I always say and I will continue to say until George never finishes these books, which is, <laughs> you know, Danny is set up as the antagonist of the series. Um, because George loves his POV structure and he, he loves to get inside every character and he doesn't view anyone as good or bad. Um, you don't really notice it, but I mean, you know, here's, here's Danny set up basically to come and kill everybody you love. It doesn't matter if you're a Stark fan or a Lannister fan. I mean, at this point, you know, Danny would be fine with all of them dying. (laughs) That's why I've just never been, you know, I've just never been able to understand people who are like, super into standing her if they like anyone else in the series i'm just like she wants to kill everybody yeah she will change from that i do believe to an extent she'll change from that but i mean like that that's just kind of the core of the way that her story is set up it's like her motivation is not something to i guess hold in value (laughs) well you know there's a lot of talk and it's good talk about the fact that you know people cheer on you know stannis when he feels entitled to claim the throne and nobody wants to cheer for danny and it's you know misogyny and i do think there's something to that to an extent but i think what's missing i don't cheer um, as for either like, of them <laughs> well i mean but you can sympathize more with stannis i think in one way and that is that stannis knows westeros he he understands the seven kingdoms and he feels an obligation to be a good ruler i think danny feels an obligation to be a good ruler to anyone that she she chooses to rule but as we've been talking about here, the, the key difference is that she, she doesn't really understand Westeros. And, you know, that's kind of been the underpinning of the whole thing. And you kind of suspect that that's probably what will be her undoing when she gets to Westeros is just this lack of completely understanding how things work there. And it's, it's kind of the thing that makes it tough to root for her. I know people do, and that's cool. You know, we all, we all choose our factions when <laughs> we read this series. But, uh, yeah, for me, it's a rough one. Um, well, that's like the close of the chapter. I don't know if we had mail for this one or not. Yes, we have one more piece of mail. Um, so this is Ancient Octagon on Reddit. Um, would you like to see Brienne have a conversation with the warrior maid from Baya Shabad, Shamiriana, or Kayakayana? Oh my goodness, George. Um, it would be interesting <laughs> to see Brienne interact with someone from a culture where female warriors are the norm. Um, those are three sister cities in um, Essos, um, where I think they're ruled by the Great Fathers, I think it's called, and their daughters are raised to be warriors from from birth, pretty much. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I think I that mean, would be interesting to see Brienne have a conversation with women from there. That'd be cool to see. Yeah, it would. I mean, I love seeing Brienne interact with anybody, so yeah, I'm game. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Is that it? Yes, that's it. Okay. Um, well, thank you for sending in that uh, message via Reddit. Um, 
if you would like to send us messages for future episodes, you can at close the door and at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at door podcast. You can also you send uh, questions anonymous, anonymously at close the door and come here.tumblr.com. Um, you can support this podcast through um, Patreon and becoming a patron. Um, if you can't do that, you can also like and subscribe wherever you may listen. And on that, I am now going to close us out and I will close the door. Get out.